skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just break up. Sam. Yes. Paint a picture with me. Okay. So you're in a coffee shop and you are fighting with your partner for like the 78th time that month. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same thing that you have rehashed over and over again and they just never seem to listen or hear you or change their behavior to be supportive of you. Right. And you have constantly like folded yourself and your desires in and you've justified all their shitty microaggressive behavior for the past, I don't know, six to 28 months that you've been dating. <laughs> And then suddenly you look up and you look over. And there's like a beam of sunlight. Yes. And, some, and, and somebody walks into the coffee shop. Yes. And they're wearing a beautiful bright yellow shirt. That says, just, just break, break up. up. Oh, my God. What a, a magical, <laughs> like divine moment that would be. Your life would change. Your life would change you because you'd be like, oh, my God, I instantly no longer need to justify all your mediocre behavior to me. And all of a sudden, in a moment, in I realized. In a moment of clarity. <laughs> yes. I realized that I am worth the love that I deserve. Absolutely. So if you would like to be the savior that comes in and saves that relationship and that poor person who needs to break up with their boyfriend. the relationship. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> You can find our Just Break Up Pod merchandise at our website, justbreakuppod.com. We have phone cases, coffee mugs, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, all the good stuff to remind you to keep going on this head and heart work with us. 
Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we are going to tackle topics like making amends, letting go of self-limitations, toxic masculinity, and the myth of being fixed. Mm. But first... We want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. We know nothing. We are Jon Snow. Yeah. We are not professionals. We have no degrees in relationship or self-help or marriage counseling. No, we don't. We have we none of those things. English majors, people. <laughs> we can write a 50-page paper on, you know, why Beowulf was struggling with toxic masculinity oh he was though i know i know uh what was the character's name like gret gret grendelin grendel grendel yeah grendel not grendel (laughs) (laughs) that's what i wanted to say so just to prove that we are also not very good at being english majors so Grendel, Grendel. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, this is all to say we're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our advice as you see fit. Hi. Absolutely. Hi. Welcome to episode 30 fucking five. 35. Dropping an F-bomb in the first 60 seconds. <laughs> well. This is why no one will sponsor they, us. <laughs> they told us. They liked the swearing. Yeah, so. they did tell us. <laughs> they. The audience. Yes. Yeah. All you fun listeners out there. Yeah. Big Cats, our wonderful producer who edits and records all of our episodes. He has a podcast called The What If Podcast. I shout it out at the end of every episode. Yeah. And um, they... They talk about, like, paranormal things and... Because uh, the premise is, like, what if Bigfoot was real? Right. Or what if you could get abducted? Or, right. um, like, what if people were animals? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and they talk about a different topic anytime. But what's funny is that, for some reason, some one of their listeners lets their young child listen to it. Oh, no. But... Letting them know that they that they swear, and so the young boy started calling them the sweary boys. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> so then sometimes they'll give like sweary sweary boy warnings, <laughs> things like that. I love that. Can yeah. we be like the sweary queens? <laughs> yes, yes, we can. Um, what's our check-in topic today, Sam? Our check-in topic uh, is coming from a writer named Anonymous Anonymous from the Void. <laughs> so can't give you a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. AA from V. <laughs> um, but basically, the the check-in or the question was basically about, like, um, how do you deal with the what-ifs in a relationship? So, like, the the other possibilities that might be out there outside of your relationship and also, like, the the preparing yourself for, like, things that could go wrong in your relationship. Is that, like, in reference to... Like, should I leave this person or are they cheating on me or all of the above? Um, I think all of the above. I think the question was like, was more about how do you stay in your relationship if you are thinking about like what else could be possible? You just break up. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I just never get to say it. (laughs) Except for at the beginning of every episode, Sierra. God damn it. I know. We should switch up sometimes that you say it at the end and I give the affirmation. Yeah, your affirmation would be like... Listen, people. (laughs) Be better. (laughs) Uh, One of us is definitely more tender than the other. (laughs) 
nurturing, warm. Yes. Me. <laughs> anyway, let's okay, just say so like, Sam is a Slytherin and I am. I'm not a Slytherin. <laughs> Stop saying I am. <laughs> okay, anyway. He's uh, a Ravenclaw, everyone. Yes. With a Slytherin rising, I will admit. <laughs> Anyway, so but like, how do you deal with the what ifs? Like, how do you stay in your relationship knowing that like there's a whole world out there uh, that are full of available people who are attractive and exactly your type that want to date you? Well, first of all, I remind myself how horrible dating is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I told Sam he's gonna have to take the lead on this check-in because it's hard. It's hard to talk about the intangible. Like, I think my anxiety rises just thinking about the what ifs. I am the type of person who lays in bed and texts. Like, before I go to bed, sometimes I'll even, like, smoke weed to relax and lay in bed and text myself to-do list for the next day. Like, I, I, I give myself drugs to calm my brain down. And through the haze of marijuana, I'm like, well, tomorrow I should probably do this. Yeah. It's just been a particularly anxious and then you week start, also. Yeah. Sending me weird texts about things. What weird texts have I sent you other than... I'm not even. You're like, I think the floor is moving. I've never sent you anything like that. <laughs> don't paint the. Don't paint a false picture. He's attacking my character. That's right. Anyway. It's not true. She doesn't text me those things. That was, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> anyway, so how do you deal with the what if, Sam? Well, I mean, you can never get rid of them. Like that's right. the thing. It's like I think sometimes we focus on the what ifs. As if they are problems in or our like relationship. Or like signs. Right. Like, signs oh, something's that, like, going wrong. Right. Exactly. Um, or that, like, we're unhappy in some way in our relationship. And I just think that those what ifs, like, never go away. Let's, I think that you're, like... List some what ifs. Like, what if... Uh, Peter uh, quits his job and... Right. You have to financially support him. Right. Um <clears throat> What if somebody's partner cheats on them, and right. but and, but they're sharing a house? Ooh, I used to. That's a good one. Yeah, you know what? One thing I thought about, or like what I, whenever I, um, I say whenever, I've only lived with an, one other significant partner. <laughs> but like when I moved in with my ex, I got rid of my mattress, and that was a whole thing. I had to be like, so. I'm getting rid of my mattress. Yep. <laughs> the one that I like bought off Craigslist from a sketchy stranger. Yep. That I lugged across Minneapolis for how many years? Like, I'm going to get rid of this and not have a backup. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and my partner at the time had to be like, yeah, you have to trust me. You have to share this bed with me. Don't like that. Mm-mm. Well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, it's true. I like the security of the second bed. Right. No, it's absolutely. terrifying. We have two beds. No, I know. I slept in one for a long time. <laughs> That's right. When you lived with us. Um, no, but the same thing happens where, like, I had... P- Peter and I moved in together, and we both had, like, a PlayStation 4. Yeah. And, like, mine did not go anywhere. It, like, went into the closet right. and stayed there. And then when I, when I, like, actually took it out and sold it, Peter was like... That's when I knew you weren't going anywhere. Yeah, lock and load. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like there is like the what if of like, well, what if we break up? Well, let me tell like, you, what people, am I you supposed just to do? get another mattress <laughs> because that's what happened, honestly. And that's like, and that's it, right? Like if Peter quit his job tomorrow, like we would to... just have to figure it out. Yeah. But like thinking about the what ifs can't, I mean, there's a certain amount of like 
it's good to be preparedness. So like if you think that your significant other is going to maybe quit his job in a week and you're going to have to help support him, like maybe don't purchase like a new car or something. Right. Right. right? Like make sure you have that savings to like that you can fall back on, whatever that looks like. But like you can't you can't prepare for everything that's going to happen. Totally. And like that's hard to hear, but it is. It's true. The person you could be in a long term relationship with someone and like the person that God has meant you to be with could appear to you and you would just have to be like, well, now I got to do what I got to do with what's given to me. Right. I got to buy a new mattress. I got to crush somebody's soul. Yeah. It's just another to do list. It is. (laughs) That's going to keep me up at night. I feel like this is really just a conversation about anxiety. Totally. And like. Well, what else is what ifs? True. Like what else is. Thinking about the unknown um, or things that haven't happened and may never happen. Yep. (laughs) That is like the textbook definition of anxiety sometimes. Absolutely. And that's like when I used to have like panic attacks at night when I was going to sleep. It would be because like all of these things were going through my head. And then like I finally just had to teach myself like I'm in bed and it's 11 p.m. There's nothing that I can do about any of these things right now. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I can do right now is go to bed and then deal with it in the morning. Yeah. And, like, that's how I had to teach myself to stop, like, going through all of those what ifs, what if, what if, because there's nothing I could do about them in that moment. Right. What about in particularly in relationships when you're like, what if I find somebody better? Mm-hmm. Um or like, I think that that plagues a lot of our listeners of like, this especially in like good. new relationships, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good, but, like, I've, I've just there? got off Tinder, and I know that I have, like, 20 matches yeah, 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 <laughs> that yeah, I yeah. didn't decide to go with. Yeah, how would you—what would you say to, like, that? I would say that, uh, like, focusing on what is in front of you yeah, um, is really important because, you know, we talk about how comparison is an act of violence against ourselves, mm-hmm. but, like, comparison of people to other people is often an act of violence against them, too, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so focusing Ooh, that's on that's really good. We haven't talked about that. So like comparing your significant other to other people isn't helpful because they're two different people with to- two totally different experiences, upbringings, quirks. Like it's very difficult to compare two people and say like this one is objectively better than this one. Right. Totally. And so if you can focus on your person and on your relationship and on yourself and what you want out of relationships, then you can actually make the decision about whether or not the person that's right in front of you yeah, is not right in for you and other not. people. Right. Are they providing all of the needs that you need? Are they meeting you halfway on things that you ask for? Are you for? sexually attracted to them and enjoy having sex with them? Absolutely. Are you having good conversations with them? Are you able to articulate your feelings in a way that and they can receive? Versa. Absolutely. And are you sharing? Are you talking? Like all of those things are super important. Because if you're making decisions based on how they compare to other people, then you're constantly going to be upgrading for someone who's just as mediocre, (laughs) (laughs) but who you have put less time and effort into, like, building that relationship with. Agreed. Totally agree. I mean, you and I don't believe that there are, like, soulmates. I think that you, like, make active decisions to love people every day. Totally agree. Yeah. Other than you. Sorry. Right. No, you and I. Well, we were born on the same day. Like, duh. It's 24 <laughs> years apart. That's right. right. I'm a baby. I'm a sexy <laughs> baby, <laughs> which is what yeah, know, Peter always says. <laughs> uh, it's from 30 Rock. That's a great joke. It is, yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into our first letter of episode 35. Do you think 35 is going to be like a milestone for you? 
Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so like too. Fives and tens are like yeah. the milestones for me. Yeah. Although I turned 30 and was like, I feel like I've been 30 for like two years already. Yeah. Me too. That's because I've been, I was, I'm 32 when you turned 30. <laughs> so it was like, I just want to be Sierra. That's it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into the first letter. So this is from Kay Green, who is writing from Minneapolis. I am a 30-year-old bi woman who is currently in a warm, sexy, caring relationship. Ooh, shit. That's going to be the good, new, the new good, true love. <laughs> yeah, warm, warm sexy, sexy, and caring. caring. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Please do. Justbreakuppod.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can find all our merch. Uh, three years ago, I dated a fellow activist, Dan. It started out sweet, but quickly developed into a heartbreaking, soul-crushing disaster in which we saw each other frequently while he told me we couldn't be serious because I wasn't, quote, revolutionary enough. (laughs) This hurt like hell, but I was over my head in love and going through the crazy-making intensity of grad school and marching in the burning streets and didn't want to lose the good stuff about us, so I kept dating him. I agreed with his request to be casual and polyamorous, even though it wasn't what I wanted. During the months we were together, I constantly questioned everything I did, trying to live up to his radical standard in hopes he would take me seriously. I gradually realized that this was an unhealthy relationship that was harming me. I confronted him about it a number of times, and he responded by minimizing and questioning my memories. I broke up with him and took a long time to heal and unravel the bullshit. I'm still working to gain confidence in doing the kind of work I feel is revolutionary. About a year ago, Dan reached out to me again because our mutual friend Jen had expressed discomfort about spending time with him due to his treatment of me and told me that he wanted to make amends. Jen, meanwhile, told me that Dan had tried to tell her his side of the story. I explained it was too late, that amends would do more harm than good, and that I did not want him to contact me again. I blocked him on social media and deleted his number. But recently, the same thing happened. A mutual acquaintance, Sam, invite, uninvited Dan from an event after another person expressed feeling unsafe around him, and Dan assumed it was me. Dan told Sam that he wanted to make amends with me, implied that it, I was making it difficult, and talked about the dangers of disposability culture among activists. Sam didn't re-invite him, but did reach out to me for advice about handling the conflict. Every time I've talked or written to Dan post-breakup, I have had nightmares and anxiety attacks for days. I do not want to talk to him again, and I can't imagine any way of him making amends at this point that wouldn't cause me a lot of pain, since he has not expressed willingness to actually apologize or to stop his harmful behavior. But I still feel guilty for saying no and scared that he will continue to ask me, especially when I do occasionally tell people about my experience to make sure that I don't have to work with him again. I feel pressure to find resolution that I'm afraid is not possible. What can I do to protect my friends and to reinforce the boundaries I need for my mental health? Okay, what a wonderful letter. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. uh, Doing the good work in our lovely city of Minneapolis. That's right. Um, I want to say to Dan. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) what a twist. Yeah, I want to say to Dan that the revolutionary thing about making amends is doing it internally Mm. to better yourself without the involvement of the women you've already emotionally leached off of. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. I want to tell you about a revolutionary thing, and that is fighting against our own toxic masculinity. (laughs) Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Dan. I think that that might be the revolution that we all need. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It's it's obvious. Um, we're 
we're going to talk about like how to help your friends um, and how to process Dan and his whatever. Um, but ultimately, and what I'm going to end with is how to protect your energy, protect your heart and your peace that you're working so hard on building up within yourself. The fact that you what my the part of this letter that draws me the most is the fact that you are having these bouts of extreme anxiety and discomfort every time even the name of this ex comes into your social circle yep. and your and your friends are doing the right thing by coming to you like they're they're protecting you they're trying to help you they are speaking out against um, past behaviors against you they're doing yep. good job and we'll talk about that in a minute um, but the fact that you're having such an adverse reaction to him makes me want to hug you and protect you and and big you up so that you can strengthen um, the space between you and your peace and this past trauma absolutely so first let's talk about um helping well let's first uh talk about helping our friends Mm -hmm. like when when we have interlocking friend groups with an ex especially in like an activist community or a Mm -hmm. work community or or something in which there's more than just kindredness that pulls you together yep um, how do we move forward after a relationship, especially one that went really toxically or poorly? I mean, I think I'm going to be honest with you. It's that I think that your friends are doing well in protecting themselves. Right. Right. And and it may not be your job to fix or protect them from Dan. Um, and, and I think Sam and I both think that you could maybe draw that line with them really tenderly and say, like, hey, um, pull the ones aside that you want and mm-hmm. say, um, just so you know, like for my own wellness, I'm trying to put some space between me and this person. Um, and I really appreciate how you guys have been there for me. It's just it's been really hard for me every time he's brought up. Yep. So can you either only talk about him if it's it's an emergency yep. um, or can you help spread this word that like I don't I want to put a bigger distance between me and him? Yep. Um, I think it's okay to ask for what you want from your friends, you know, especially your friends that are trying to help and protect you. It's not on you, Kate, to protect your friends from them or to like keep the drama out. Your job right now is to heal your heart. Absolutely. Right. And and protect your peace. Yeah. And I think um, and I want to say to you that, like, you don't need to feel guilty about not wanting to be around him. Right. Right. Like you are not creating an inconvenience for your friends because you don't want to be in the same at the same this events or work for him, right? right? Like you he get to say, to rectify this. Absolutely. You get to say, no, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't like to be at parties with Dan. And so like, if he's invited, then I'm just not going to go. And you don't have to feel bad about doing that no. because like you're protecting yourself. Right. And your friends don't need to feel bad because like no. things overlap and that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I appreciate the fact that Sam and Jen, like both were like, I know that he's done bad things and I don't really want to be associated with him either. Like right. there's I think that um, they were still willing to like hear his side of the story and still trying to figure out like how to how to like navigate Interact, this space, yeah. um, which is fine and good. But like you don't need to protect them from that. Like they're adults and they can make their own decisions. Like right. you have the the choice to say, I don't want to be around him and that's OK like you don't have to justify that to anyone. Right. Totally. And I'm sorry, I want to go back to his idea of making amends and and make sure that we clarify to UK that 
you that that's the false thing that he's saying to you. That's not yes. a, that that might be a desire within him, like the way that we want closure or yep. we want to write things. We, you know, I'm pretty sure Dan wants to make sure, like. Dan is feeling right now that he wants you to understand he never meant to hurt you or mm-hmm. like that he's sorry for his actions or or well, whatever. It sounds like, like he's never apologized before. Right. So. Uh, whatever he's feeling, it sounds like he wants to put it on you so that he can then say, I did my work. Yep. Right. But just like closure, yep. making amends isn't tangible or real. It's internal. Yep. Making amends is I'm not going to do this again. Making amends is changed future behavior. Yes. And it's, I think it's not one conversation that you can provide him. Absolutely. And we all do things to hurt people. Right. right. But but making amends is not about having a conversation where you can convince the other person to not care so much about what you did to them. Right. Making amends is that you have a conversation about the harm that you caused that person, taking responsibility and accountability for it, and pledging to change your future behavior. Right. And that's all he can offer you. And if you don't want to be present for that, as you told him, you were like, it's too late. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to. I'm not interested in this. Then not, then he has to accept that. Yep. You're not. Um, it might feel like he, you're depriving something of him. Like he might feel like, oh, she's not meeting me halfway. But at the end of the day, he has to do the head and heart work to realize you don't owe him shit. Absolutely. And if he's so concerned about the fact that friend, your mutual friends don't want to hang out with them, he can have a conversation with them and say, I know that I hurt her. I am sorry that I did it. Here is how I am changing my behavior. And I hope that I can prove to you that I am a better person than I was in that relationship. Right. Right. And that's a conversation he can have that with them. It doesn't have to be you. Right. He can be better to your friends, um, but you don't have to have it. There's no lens through which they need you to like um, uh, see him now or, right. or, or, or translate them right. uh, to translate him to them. Um, make sure that oh, I, I think Sam and I want you to feel empowered right now to set up boundaries within your own friend groups mm-hmm. in which that it doesn't cross the line into that. Yep. The fact that you're having these nightmares and anxiety attacks like that, that's te- that's your body telling you that you are um, at risk. Yep. Right. That something's wrong. That discomfort is saying, nope, 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 nope. Something's wrong. And that discomfort is telling you you have an opportunity to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And what you can do differently, my darling, is set up a stronger boundary between you and this person by reaching out to the fr- to the friends that are already supporting you, who are already empowering you and saying, help me reinforce this even more. Yep. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I would also... It sounds to me like you are also dealing with some trauma, right? I think that there might be some some things that you need to work out th- yeah. about this relationship. And I would encourage you, as we encourage everyone who writes into us, right. to pursue uh, talking to someone about this. A so, trained professional. Yep. So um, going to therapy, joining a group for... Because for... you can have PTSD from a relationship. You can, for sure. Absolutely. And, and I know a lot of people there uh, out there like... Um, have a very cut and dry definition of P- PTSD and and full transparency. I don't know the clinical definition of it, um, but I am going to use that word that that title as like a sliding scale of how we are still affected from extreme traumatic behaviors yep. or or experiences in in the aftermath. So Absolutely. you can have PTSD from a car accident. You can have PTSD from a relationship. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And like. 
he did things that were like he gaslit you at the end of your relationship. Totally. He totally he dragged you down. Like these are all behaviors that are awful, first right. of all, but also can be can stick with us for a long time. Because they make you question yourself and your own authenticity. And without him, without him constantly tearing you down, you're left with what's left, which Absolutely. is rebuilding yourself. Absolutely. And so I would just I would love for you to to see if there are options for therapy that are affordable to you if there's a group for for survivors of of emotional abuse like maybe see if you want to go to that um just whatever you can do to sort of talk through and work through some of this stuff because um that type of physical reaction isn't normal right it is. Um, I mean, it's normal it's, to the human experience of how awful yeah. people can be to each other. Right. But like that shouldn't be your norm. Absolutely. And you don't have to feel like that. Right. Like you you have the opportunity to to react to that in a different way with the help of a trained professional and head and heart work and all of the things that we always talk about. So um, would definitely consider talking to a therapist and you have the right to like right. this is trauma that you've been through. This is stuff that you need to talk through and you have the right to therapy even if you have never experienced trauma in your life. Right. You were just a, a bubble boy and like nothing bad ever happened to you. Well, you that can would still be your therapy. own trauma really if you grew up in a fucking bubble. Um, Kay, I hope this brings you some comfort and a little bit of understanding. We love you and we're really grateful that you wrote to us. Absolutely. Good luck. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart Workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. And before we move on, I want to like talk on what you just mentioned sam about trauma and like yeah. that everybody deserves it i want to just acknowledge to the listeners out there that using the word trauma used to be like a little scary for mm-hmm. me because like i thought of trauma as like you know um child abuse or yep. um i thought of trauma as in like a husband beating their wife right yep. um as I got older and as I, I got further along my own mental health journey and in advocacy and education, I realized that the word trauma is more of an umbrella for experiences that um, impact our understanding of the world and ourselves. Yep. And that that trauma can be, um, like I said, a car accident, accident. It can be the way somebody repeatedly spoke to us for three months, six months, two yep. years, yep. you know. Um, trauma can be a death. Trauma can be an injury on your body. It's all over the board. And the one thing I want to stress is that we all have different wells of resiliency within us. We all have different things we can handle um, because of what we, we were born with, the type of resiliency we were born with, what we were what we grew up with or without, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. And so a great example that my therapist told me when I um, was like, I used to have a really hard time justifying. I mean, I still do. Let's talk about that. (laughs) I used to have a really hard time justifying my own suffering because I was like, dang, you know, like I am a white person. I am a professional artist. Like what a fucking privilege that is. Like how dare I? For sure. Um with all these privileges that I have in my life. I had a meal every day when I was a child. That's a huge privilege, you know? Um, But my therapist said, like, after explaining the wells of resiliency and that the fact that, like, we all have experienced things 100% differently and are impacted by things differently, the great example she said was, you know, two people um, can have totally different childhoods um, that 
make them grow into different adults and they get in the exact same car accident. And one of them goes to work immediately after the car accident. Mm-hmm. And the other one has PTSD for months. You yeah. know, the, the idea that we are allowed, we are justified in experiencing whatever we experience. Yeah. And, and more than anything, we're, we are we are allowed to acknowledge the ways in which it it changes us as people. Absolutely. Um, I think we just all need to give ourselves and others a little bit more tenderness and understanding in recognizing that trauma happens to all of us, mm-hmm. you know, in yep. one way or another. And if something horrible hasn't happened to you yet, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I'm, I'm with you. This Whatever is happening in the universe over yeah. the past, like, six months, it's like... It's coming for us all. Yeah, and and that's and I don't even mean that in a pessimistic way. I'm I'm a actually surprisingly optimistic person. I, I just think that life is inherently hard, and it's hard for everyone. It's hard for the most privileged person in the world, mm-hmm. right? Does that mean their life is not so much quote unquote better or different than somebody that grew up in extreme poverty? I, it absolutely the luxuries of privilege provides. Yep. But everybody has a different understanding of experience, context, suffering, etc. Yep. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, like that rich person should give us all money. No, yes, that person should like fork over most <laughs> and of their check wealth. Themselves. That's, right. why, that's why we check our privilege is to um is to share the the in the abundance or to contribute to the abundance of the world, but we don't mm. check our privilege to um, negate our own experience of things. Yes, you know, yep. like I used to have a hard time going to therapy because I'm like, oh, I'm a white person. Like, mm-hmm. what privileges has that allotted me? But Absolutely. I don't want to negate myself. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, no, my therapist tells me all the time, like, just because there is suffering in the world. That is greater than yours doesn't mean that yours doesn't hurt. Right. Totally. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Kate. I told her about the podcast in our last session, and she was so into it. She should listen and be like, you guys are well, she so was like, unprofessional. She was like, I don't understand what a podcast is, but it sounds very exciting. Isn't she young? No. Oh, just kidding. No. She's like a middle-aged lesbian. Ugh, my dream. She's She's great. Great. Uh, anyway, that was a really good tangent that ended somewhere with a middle-aged lesbian. That's that's the episode title. <laughs> Listen, this is our brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what, All this right, is what second we Second letter, 48 minutes into the episode, comes from Emma Summerfield, who is writing to us from Thailand, but originally England. So Emma writes, ah, man, where to start? <laughs> Um, I'm 41. I'm in a long-distance relationship with a man who I shared an amazing connection and romance with for about a month last May. He had to leave to go back home to his country um, because he was going through a crisis and his monetary, monetary value was plummeting. He's Iranian. We continued to chat and video call constantly, and he told me he was in love with me before he even left, which I know is a huge red flag. He has always been in a long-distance relationship in the past, and I used to be in one with my ex-husband of eight years. However, my ex-husband cheated a lot, and I have real divorce shame, even though I eventually left him. I'm writing because my wonderful friends think my long-distance relationship has bullshit behavior, and they can't understand why I put up with it. This bullshit behavior is him literally disappearing for days at a time, and I have no idea where he is. He still watches my Instagram stories, interacts with other people on social media, but completely ignores my voice or text messages. When we do have 
communication again, always on his instigation. He blames it on having poor internet connection, in spite of me stating that I see him watching my shit and being online. I've made offers to meet him in Iran and or in a neighboring country and have also offered him free or discounted flights as my friend can wrangle that, but it never happens and he almost... Uh, uh, refuses to set a date to meet me. He says, absolutely, I'd love that. Come see me and get back to you. But then he won't. And when I broach the subject in message, he ignores me for a couple days before replying. He tells people that I'm his girlfriend, that he's not interested in seeing anyone else, and he does not need sex from anyone else and is committed to doing what it takes to see me again. Um, But he won't make a date or let me or him, or jump on a flight. Typing this out, I feel like a plum, but in the depths of my soul, I feel that I love him. I love his intelligence. The way he treats me aside from this is amazing, and to boot, he's hot as fuck. I'm also, I've also been single for a really long time, for almost six years since my divorce, and haven't dated anyone, and he's the most committed relationship I've had a chance of, and I'm afraid to lose him. He's in his mid-30s, and I do fear that he will want or meet someone younger than me, but that's my insecurity, not my actions. I know I have abandonment issues from childhood and my previous marriage, and my friends tell me this is why I'm, quote, too nice to put up with this much shit, because I don't want to project my insecurities onto my relationship or onto other people. I feel like I deserve someone to be physically here in my arms, but also, if I break up with him, I will have no one. I will miss his connection deeply and fear I will meet no one like him again, especially as I'm getting older. My goodness, can you lovely, young, but wise pups give me your take? XO, XO. All right, Emma, we're going to dive into this one. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for writing. We enjoyed your letter. Yes. Um, thank you so much for putting this all out there. I'm going to side with your friends and everyone listening right now <laughs> but, and say that. Um, say it. Just break up. Just break up. <laughs> And let me tell you why. You are saying that I'm so afraid that if I leave him, I will have no one. And you're mm-hmm. also saying um, I'm I'm too nice because I don't want to put my shit on other people. But my love, my darling, Emma, what is this man bringing to your life with these types of extreme inadequacies? This Absolutely. is I, I want to just say this straight up to you, Emma, like. This is beyond a red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never, ever stay in a long-distance relationship if my significant other went rogue. Is that the right word? I don't know where you're going. AWOL. AWOL, there it is. Rogue. (laughs) (laughs) He had a streak in his hair. Um, If... If if my um, significant other went AWOL for, for multiple days, but I knew they had access to internet. Yeah. That is disrespectful. Absolutely. And you can figure out a, a thousand ways to justify that. Oh, my God, he had inconsistent whatever. Um, he could only get online to see my, what, a story? Like, <laughs> that means he had enough data or internet access that he could message you back. Absolutely. Period. I, I don't even, I don't want you to think that I'm angry at you. And I don't want you to think that Sam and I are ganging up on you. I'm just going to state these facts as clearly as I can so that your huge and open and justifying and loving heart will maybe hear the truth that is right 
right there. Absolutely. He's lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it, too. Like, if he didn't respond for a few days and, like, could say a truthful reason why that happened. Right. But, like, he's lying to you and he is lying to you in a way that that doesn't even try to cover his tracks. Let's right? pretend like he's, he's, he's flagrant. We don't we don't know that he's like cheating on you. We don't know that. No. Right. We don't and know. Maybe what, he's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe nothing. Maybe he's doing nothing wrong except for not talking to you multiple days of this at, at once. At, at the end of the day, he's still he's lying to you about that. That's right. a lie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so it's like, OK, what offense Will you start taking care of your own heart? Absolutely. And I don't mean protecting your heart, my yep. love. Yep. Like I'm talking about caring for it mm-hmm. because right now you're protecting your heart. Yep. Right now you're staying in this unhealthy, unsatisfying relationship because you're trying to protect your heart from the, from the terrifying fear of being alone mm-hmm. or of being unwanted or whatever. Yep. Yep. But I want you to love your heart. I want you to nurture yourself. And, and And that means putting up boundaries for the way people can and cannot treat you. Absolutely. And I think... Um, this is a thing that I think a lot of us run into is that when we are in a place where we are so uh, trying so hard to protect our heart, we will ignore the truth in favor of some sort of imagined excuse. Right. right? And so like what we're telling you right now, what we're trying to sort of make clear to you and to other folks who I think are going through other experiences is that like if there is a truth in front of you that's hard to look at, doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. And the fact that he is not responding to you, being disrespectful to you, and then lying about it, we can't deny that that's happening. And what, but all that we can do is tell you that you deserve so much better than that. Right. Absolutely. Um, you write that if you break up with him, you will have no one. I want to disagree and say you will have yourself, mm-hmm. you will have your friends, and mm-hmm. you will have the potential, the opportunity to meet people who actually treat you well. Absolutely. What I want to know is, like, why are you, and and you mentioned a couple things in your letter, but why are you limiting yourself to this starving love? Absolutely. Right? This love is sick. This love is not a healthy, flourishing love. This love has chicken pox Absolutely. and, um, you know, an immune disorder mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not taking care of itself and it's not it's not flourishing. Um, why are you giving yourself this skinny, sick love? Absolutely. And it seems from your letter, like you are a a loving person, you are an open person, you are a person that wants to give and to to give love. And I think that you are just so capable of so much more than than pouring your love into this thing that is on ground where it will never grow. And then and let's go back even one more step and say, okay, so let's pretend that the laws of the internet <laughs> are not consistent everywhere right right like the, let's be. pretend that this is well we know it couldn't be but let's <laughs> pretend that he can have access to his internet and not text you right. like that that that's an incompatibility when when to be honest the truth that is sitting in front of my face is that's a lie yep. but let's pretend that's real right mm-hmm. even then emma even then he's not taking you up on an opportunity to see you and you you are going above and beyond wanting to see him. Yep. And making plans for him. And so in what way is he showing you that he can be a good consistent partner that is present and capable in your life? Mhm. 
How is he showing you this? Absolutely. He's not. He's he's definite. He's definitely not. Just to be clear. No, he's definitely not. That was I think that was a little bit of a rhetorical question. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for answering that. Um, I love that you wrote that you felt like a plum after typing this all out because that's a super cute phrase. That I'm going to use it heard. all the time. Yeah. But I also want to say, like, I I relate to that because, like, once you, you, you wrote out all the facts, right? And 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 for a moment you looked at the facts, like Sam was saying. And, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when somebody treats you poorly and you let them. Yep. That's that's my biggest wound of the past 10 and it's years, not, to it's be not honest. embarrassing that we're embarrassed for you, right? But we understand that that feeling right. is of embarrassment. Right. To like actually look at the the facts on the ground and be like, "Oh shit." Out of my last relationship, Emma, I, I like took stock of it and I sat in front of Sam and I'm like, I said, "I'm embarrassed that I stayed with him. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed that I let him treat me like that." Yeah. And that not only that, like he acted that way, but that like I stuck around, yep. right? Um, so I want to like throw some empathy and love towards you, and and recognize that this is hard and and scary. Um, but the fact that you that you're afraid to step away from this tells me that there's a lot more hurt going on in your heart mm-hmm. than than what is at the injustices of this relationship. Yep. And so I'm gonna success. I'm gonna suggest something much bigger outside of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And before I do that, I want to remind you that there's you can only do one thing at a time every day and every moment. You can only do one thing at a time. Yep. And first, I want you to sit down and I want you to say to yourself, "I am not being treated poorly. I deserve better. I yeah. deserve somebody who wants to see me and spend time with me and talk to me." Yeah. I deserve somebody who doesn't lie to me, and I deserve someone who is consistently showing up in my life. Yeah. That's step one. Yep. Step 48, <laughs> after you break up with this guy. Hopefully. Yeah, I think break up is step one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not. She, she no, that's to, true. Yeah. She has to tell herself that she has a right to. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yep. Um, step like 48 is that I want you to turn all of this love, all of this ability to justify and be there and be hopeful and romantic. And, and I want you to turn that inward. And I want you to look at that inner child in you mm-hmm. that felt abandoned, that felt like not enough, yep. that felt like a failure after you got a divorce. Yep. And I want you to tell that child that they are enough, mm-hmm. that you are enough, Right. that you might be afraid of being alone but whether you're with someone or without someone, you are enough. Absolutely. And, and that is the type of work that's going to come next. Absolutely. Other people have failed at teaching you that, and now you get the opportunity to teach it to yourself. And guess what? That teacher, you can be as kind and as tender and as rewarding to that little girl mm-hmm. as you want. You, that little girl deserves the unconditional acceptance and love that it, that she was denied her whole life. Absolutely. And I want to tell you, Emma, you're not going to get that love from this man. No. Because he no. can't even show up I'm, for the I'm simple o- things. I'm so over him that no, I don't even want to talk about him let's get him the fuck anymore. out of our letter. <laughs> and Emma, I don't want you to feel guilt about loving him. No. We all love people who are bad to us. Absolutely. We all have been in love with someone and who has treated us poorly, and we've found a hundred justifications for why they did it. Absolutely. We, I'm so fucking well-versed <laughs> in the language of, well, he did it because. Ooh, yeah. Ugh. I can, I can write a whole dictionary on it. <laughs> Daddy issues is the first one. <laughs> That's why he did it. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, Emma, I hope that you, in my intensity, I hope you feel the extreme love and compassion I have for you. Absolutely. Because I see myself in you. I think a lot of listeners are going to see themselves in you. That, that, you know, us women, us lovers, us people with good hearts, we can, we can bend ourselves over backwards to figure out how we are not enough for someone who is giving, giving us nothing. Yeah. Right. For sure. Like, and how, and, and you can figure out ways to, it's like the diet of their love. Like you can figure out how little you can go on Mm -hmm. today. I'm going to go off of one text today. I'm going to survive off of just the idea of him. I'm going to survive off the memory of him, Mm -hmm. but you deserve a full fucking healthy, wholesome fucking meal and dessert girl. Like you deserve Mm -hmm. a love that's there and present and filling. Um, yeah. Great. Emma, I love you. We love you. We we are so grateful you wrote us, and I, I hope I hope you give yourself the opportunity to be loved by yourself. Absolutely, I love the way that different letters like set us off. On like, oh, I feel <laughs> I'm, my heart is my heart is engaged. Yeah, now I can feel it. Well, I just it's hard, you know it's it's hard to be a human. In relationships, number one, and it's hard to for us, like y'all listeners, like it's sometimes Sam and I, we feel so much for everybody, and we see these common threads, yep, and 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 it always comes back to like not loving yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and and it and it makes me feel li- things. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. It makes me feel intense, you know. No, I think it's great. Yeah, and the, and the language that I was saying, like. The, Man, I, I want to know what other languages we are fluent in. Like, I'm I'm fluent in justifications for why people weren't good enough for Absolutely. me. Or I'm fluent in, like, the justifications of why I did X, Y, and Z when I was unhealthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our next letter comes from Claire Anonymous, who's writing from the South. Uh, Female, 24 years old, heterosexual, she, her, hers. Sierra and Sam, I am writing to you because I need help making a decision. Four months ago, I started dating the most good, truest love I have ever had. We met at a bar that my friends and I frequently go to to dance. I went several times where he was the bartender, noticed him, noticed me, and finally got his number because I felt very strongly that he was something special. We went on a date, and after that, it was incredible. We met each other's friends. Mine loved him. His loved mine. And we were clearly on to something good. We swapped I love yous, and everyone could tell we were in love. Everyone in our lives knew how great we were together, and we knew it too. Mm-mm. About a month after we started dating, one of his close friends died in Afghanistan. Mm. Obviously, this crushed him. He is also in the military and preparing to graduate from college and be deployed. He has already gone through basic training and is basically waiting until he graduates to be sent somewhere. After this happened, I noticed a pattern. He would act fine for weeks, then get drunk, call me in the middle of the night, on occasion would call my best friend if I wouldn't answer, and would sob or have a meltdown. 
He admitted to me that he needed to seek therapy and get help because this was affecting his life in big ways. He would shut down and not talk about it after having these meltdowns, and it killed me. Right before I left for Christmas break, he was dropped off drunk at my apartment and said a bunch of things about me deserving better and how he fears that I would leave him or not love him as much as he loved me. I assured him that he was who I wanted to be with, but then he said he's afraid of being deployed and not being able to love me the way I deserve. It was resolved, I thought, but a couple of weeks after returning from break, I noticed that he was hyper-focused on school, the gym, and preparing for his future. He told me it was related to the military and that he needed to work on himself, but he still wanted to be with me. I trusted him, gave him his space, and tried to support him. About two weeks later, he ended it, telling me his feelings had changed and he couldn't see a future. However, the same day he had written me a letter saying that he couldn't give me what I deserve and that he had been hurt deeply in the past and hadn't worked through it. I was crushed and confused. He then told me he wanted to attend a military ball or he wanted me to attend a military ball with him in the next week. I was baffled. Mm -hmm. Recently, he called my roommate at 3 a.m. drunk and ended up rambling about me and how he doesn't want to disappoint me by being deployed and possibly not coming back. He talked about his friend he lost and how he knows he is in such a bad place and needs help. He even admitted to loving me. I went to his apartment the next day to tell him I would attend the ball with him, and he said nothing of the phone call and acted like everything was normal. It felt like we were still dating. He remembers the phone call with my roommate because they texted about it the next day. I didn't bring it up. I wanted him to be the one to tell me if he still loved me. So this is my question. What do I do? I still love him deeply. I know he was healing and had work to do, but I don't feel like we are done. I would be willing to have conversations with him and figure it out, but I think he insists on doing it alone. I can't carry the weight of it alone, and I won't do that. But I can't walk away without, or what I can't walk away now without regret. I need to know if I am supposed to grieve and leave it, or plan on rebuilding eventually and walking with him through it. Any words of encouragement? All my love, Claire. Claire, thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. Um, this is a tricky situation with a lot of like intersecting things. Absolutely. I think that um, we've got love, right? Yeah. Good, <laughs> true ha- love right there. <laughs> yeah. We have the um, the terrifying uh, wait for me sort of idea, mm-hmm. you know, um, do, the potential. Yep. Uh, and I think Sam and I think that we've got some toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Kind of coloring this all. Yeah. Uh, and Claire, we're not saying that your boyfriend's like a terrible person when we use that. Yep. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll break that down a little bit about what we mean. Um, but we can't separate that from this situation because Absolutely. of some of his behaviors. For sure. And there's also the the undercurrent of mental health, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Grief, PTSD, the totally. imminent fear of going into combat and being killed. Right. right. Like there's a lot going on in this. Right. Um, I want to. I think I want to get that out of the way, mm-hmm. uh, the the masculinity piece, and sure. then I want to focus on Claire. Yeah. Um. So Claire, there's lots of um, not even red flags in this letter, but like proofs of the this this known thing that I'm thinking of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um. There's a lot of proof of it. Yeah. Uh. Of toxic masculinity. Um. And. How that's represented to me is in this false cycle of quote unquote intimacy, Mm -hmm. um, this false cycle of these revealings of these feelings. Right. Um, And I call it a false cycle because I don't think it's as real or as authentic as 
maybe what his true feelings are consistently. Mm-hmm. And why I brought up toxic masculinity is because I do think culturally um, men in our society are taught from a really, really young age that communicating your feelings is not the manly thing to do. Right. Right. Communicating your grief or your sadness or your um, desires or your fears yep. has always kind of been shunned in our culture. Um, and if you want to look at like how this starts and how real and pervasive it is, definitely check out one of our blind dates from so many weeks ago. <laughs> um, it's a Netflix documentary called The Mask You Live In. Mm-hmm. And it's about masculinity and, and it's about how we teach boys how to talk about their feelings yep and i and i highly suggest it especially if you are experiencing some of this with your partner especially if you are a man or if you're raising a boy yeah um and i also suggest it to my fellow like um i'm an intersectional feminist and i like mm-hmm. read books by bell hooks and you know <laughs> like I, I, why i make fun of myself is because I was suggesting it to Sam, and I said, like, it, it goes beyond gender politics 101. Yep. It pushed it a little bit farther for me yeah. um, and was super educational. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Claire, definitely check that movie out. But what they talk about it in, in it is that, you know, young boys are allowed to be intimate. They're allowed to um, have intimate friendships, intimate conversations. They're allowed to talk about their fears. But somewhere between, you know, seven, eight, nine that type of boy friendship is suppressed. Like you can't yep. cry with your boyfriend and right. you're the boy here. Like maybe you can speak on this. Yeah. I mean, it would be suddenly like, it wouldn't be okay to cry. Like if something happens that upset you, like instead of being like, Oh, come here, let me comfort you. It was like, don't man cry, up. man yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that is what, and so that is a, a behavior that is taught, taught at a really young age. So yep. if you think about how training a puppy, like you train a puppy when they're young because those types of expectations are ingrained in them. Yep. And the same t- sorts of expectations are ingrained in young men that, that they're not allowed to come in for the hug when they, when they need to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not allowed to ask for it either. And uh, something they also revealed in the documentary that I immediately thought of, Claire, is that is is the cycle of suppressing your feelings, getting drunk or having some sort of social lubricant yep. in which all rules go out of the window and your and your the keys to your mouth get unlocked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you suppress your feelings. And for example, like I, I'm guessing your boyfriend or your ex boyfriend is suppressing his extreme guilt, his anxiety about going into his service. Yep. Anything else that people deal with their entire life, you know, depression, um, yeah. doubt, anything, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And um, he's suppressing a lot of this and then he gets drunk, which allows him to break the rules because he, quote unquote, loses control. Yeah, he loses drunk. the control over his emotions yeah. and he can finally let them be. And and calling you or, and more importantly, calling your friends and unloading this on them, it screams to me that all of that is going on within him. Him, it just he's not allowing himself to access it. Yep. Absolutely. And then once he gets drunk, those those emotions also become amplified too. Right. right? Because because you know, alcohol makes us feel right. things more I, intensely. Right. right. I can't I'm not good for you. I love you. Right. Um, you know, all of these extreme feelings. Not that he doesn't feel these things, but they come out intensely. Right, because he's not able to work through them through conversation with you, uh, through his own head and heart work, because boys are taught to not 
do that. Right. Right. Boys are taught to buck up, man up, don't feel anything. Right. Um, and so it just comes out in these ways that are very toxic for the people around them because right. they're, you know, getting drunk all the time. They're calling your friend at three in the morning. He's showing up at your house in the middle of the night to tell you that he loves you and then pretending he didn't say it. Like, And he's erratically kind of dealing with your relationship, like yep. asking you to this ball after breaking up with you or going back and forth like that. That's that's erratic to me. You know, that's yep. not a consistent behavior. <clears throat> And I don't know where he is at with his grief of his friend. Like yep. his his friend, a peer of his, died yep. in this environment in which he's about to enter. Absolutely. And that's some scary shit. Like it that's is. that's real grief and grief manifests itself in so many different ways. Yep. Add to the fact that he has limitations on how he can express himself. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, this is not an excuse for his behavior it might be an explanation for it it might be a lens through which you can understand where he's coming from right but i'm going to echo sam and say you can't fix him and this is not your this is not on you i think sam and i wanted to talk about it as an idea of like this is just such a textbook example of these suppressed behavior suppressed emotions as a way to hopefully help you sort of frame it in a way that might be more helpful for your understanding right. of what he's going through right. and what your relationship has He's not been. even broken. I used the word fixed before and I wanna I wanna adjust my language a little because he's not broken. This is just the way that he is experiencing and, you know, processing the world through his personal lens and experiences. Yep. Um and unfortunately we put a lot of limitations on men. Mm-hmm. The idea of who and what a woman can be are expanding. The idea of gender is expanding and the idea of what a man can be is staying exactly the same. Mm. At least from my perspective. Yeah. On a mass pop- like a popular scale. Yep. Um but back to you Claire and about this relationships these unknowns. I think this is going to be a painful situation. Mhm. Until one of you has some sort of clean break or maybe clean established desire or, you know, like maybe you guys decide to do it and you're going to commit to it and you're both going to give it at your all. Yep. Or one of you, and I'm I'm championing for you, says, I can't do this back and forth anymore. I care too much about you. So it's too painful mm-hmm. to be a little bit in your life sometimes and not at all later. Yep. And from what you said, Claire, like... Maybe this could be good, true love someday, but your future isn't here, at least right now. No. There's a lot of work and and your your relationship is going to be put under a lot more strain in the future mm-hmm. um, and or in the near future, really. Yep. And I would say maybe take a step back. Now is the time for you guys to take a step back and work on yourselves. Yep. Maybe get to, be- to get back together later and reflect where you have some distance, where yep. he has more healthy communication and coping methods. Yeah. Because that's what I'm concerned with right now is that he's flip-flopping on you. He's he's having these outbursts of emotions that, that aren't matching his actions. And that's not like fertile relationship ground to me. No, for sure. And I think um, it seems like he's really focused on you as being sort of the the thing that will save him or the thing that will 
will help allay his fears of 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 leaving and yeah. help with his grief and like fixate on but I want to tell you right now that you can't be that person. And he's also kind of fixating on all the ways that he could hurt you. Yeah. Like I heard it a couple of times in the letter like oh, I'm just not good enough like she deserves so much better like that's not the right attitude to have if you want to be with someone and you want to be good to them. Absolutely. And and don't get me wrong, like I've had enough self-loathing in my life that I know where those feelings come from. Yep. But I, that's like a red flag to me, Claire. Absolutely. Um and so I think Claire, what you need to do now is sort of take stock of what is around you, right? Like don't take stock of what a future uh, beautiful future with him could look like, right. right? But take stock of how are you feeling in these moments of extreme, like ups and extreme downs, and can you navigate that um, in a way that is healthy yeah. for you? Because right? I bet it doesn't feel good. No, I don't think it would. Right. Um, I I bet it feels really unstable. I went through a long relationship in which I walked away from it, and I I, I turned to my friends or to myself and just thought, man, I was unstable that whole time like I was there was no comfort because there was no stability I never relaxed in that relationship because I couldn't I never knew what it was what was going to be absolutely and I have also been the recipient of of this type of affection where it's like when we're when we're sober he's like I'm not I don't think that this is going to work out whatever and then when he's drunk it's suddenly like all of the emotions come out and I've like, I've always loved you. And, but I just knew that I could never be enough for you. And it's like that receipt, like receiving that type of affection doesn't actually feel good because then you have no, it, it denies you of any control over the situation whatsoever. Right. Right. I love you so much, but I'm not good enough for you means that you don't get a choice in the matter and that he can't help himself for being an asshole to you and constantly coming back into your life because he just loves you so much mm-hmm. right and that is it's not a healthy or sustainable way to to live and i think if you really looked at it i don't think you would think it feels that good right cuz for me it didn't it felt no. like i felt like a piece of like I felt used every time he called and like said those things to me. And I felt like shit every time he denied or ignored the fact that he said it. Right. And that was not a place that I wanted to be at. Yes. And there's a way for you to hold this man in your heart and wish him well and safety and comfort and wish for him to be at peace in the world. But I don't think you can be that self. I don't think you can be what brings him that, at least not right now. It it just sounds like he has a lot of things going. And it is our instincts to throw ourselves at the feet of other people's suffering to see if we can be what makes them better. And sometimes we're just not. Right. Absolutely. Claire, I hope this brings you some peace and understanding. And and just know that Sam and I are rooting for you. Oh, for sure. We want you to find that good, true love that you had with this person, but that lasts, that stays to the morning, right? Yep. yep. Uh, you deserve somebody who calls your best friend to tell you, tell them how much you love, they love you sober in the middle of the day, yep, right? Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thanks, Claire. All right. Our last letter is from, last letter? Yeah. yeah. Losing track. (laughs) Our last letter is from Alexia, who is writing to us from Minnesota. First and foremost, I am a new listener, but I already love the both of you. 
<laughs> I know, so cute. <laughs> I broke up with my ex a year ago because I was feeling too unhealthy to be in a relationship, and I wanted time to get myself together. I told him I wasn't sure how long it was going to be, so I told him that it was probably best for him to move on. However, he wanted to stick around because he was very much in love with me. So we moved into a two-bedroom, such a bad idea, I know, and decided oh, to just <laughs> decided to just live as roommates. Time out for a second. <laughs> there is a moment of accountability in the studio right now. Sam, what do you need? to tell the listeners i don't know what you're talking about samuel blackwell <laughs> okay fine i broke up with my boyfriend and then i lived with him in a two-bedroom apartment for two years <laughs> and how did it go horribly all right continuing with alexia's <laughs> letter during that year I, I tried to focus on my mental health and in all honesty i think i did it wrong my ex also pressured me a lot to think about a relationship and to make him my number one until i was ready Again, I repeatedly told him not to wait for me because I wanted him to find his own happiness because I wasn't sure how long it was going to take. However, he spent so many months trying to show me he was going to wait for me uh, forever that I believed it. By the time I felt like I was well enough and wanted to take things slow, he met someone and he dropped me right away. I often feel like I couldn't fix myself in time and that's why he let me go. I feel absolutely stupid for believing he was going to wait for me. I'm torn because I know he deserved to be happy just as I deserve to be. And I know we would be happy together if I had fixed myself sooner. I wanted to give him the world. I hated seeing him in so much pain. How do I get over the idea that I wasn't worth waiting for anymore? My whole situation is complicated and has so many twists and turns. I often find myself battling myself between being hurt and or being understanding that he chose to put himself first. I just want this pain to be over and I want to move on with my life as he has. I don't know what answers I seek, but if you guys could offer for me anything in my time of healing, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much for having this podcast from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank you. Alexia, we are about to shed so much love on you. <laughs> <laughs> so much uh, offerings. You said, if you could offer me anything, and I'm like, we're about to. <laughs> That's right. We're just going to shower you. And well, first off, first off, let's just say a general statement to the entire audience of Just Break Up. Try not to move in with your ex after you guys break up. <laughs> this is a no shame statement. It's from one of our co-hosts. I won't tell you which one. <laughs> but we just think that that's like a good life rule. No, for sure. Also, you were reading that and I was like triggered so hard <laughs> because like I know what it's like to live in the same space with someone and have them constantly be like, trying to figure out how they can get you back and like constantly putting pressure on you to like to like make a decision and like get to where they're at and just like the amount of stress that that puts on you is just totally. so that's intense not, because you can't that's not like a healthy ground to grow off of no absolutely you can't there's no space for you to actually figure out what you need to do and what you're thinking because that person is in your most private space right so I'm just saying, Alexia, that I feel you, and that is, like, really hard. Yeah, we're not shaming you for doing this. This is a, this is a decision that one of us made. <laughs> um, <laughs> all to y'all shade all the time with you. <laughs> um, but 
I, I, to be honest, like I teased Sam about it when he did it, and I teased him after it didn't work out, and I teased him now today. But I get it; I totally understand why you do that. I want you, Alexia. I want you to take stock of what type of dynamics were at play when you were trying to work on yourself, and he still wanted to be with you. Mm-hmm. Like yep. there is a power dynamic going on there. Yep, and it's not. A healthy one for a self growth, yep. and it's not a healthy one for like redeeming the relationship or getting back together. Right, because the issue there is that the self, the the growth that you're doing is because of of trying to figure out whether or not you want to be with him, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's not how we move towards self growth. Like self growth is about us. us. It's about our own healing, our own desires, our own wishes for the world. Um, and it's just not a fertile ground for you to be doing this work when you have someone constantly being like, are you like healthy enough yet? Like, have you figured your shit out enough yeah, yet to get back with me? Don't you love me enough to get better? Right. What does that even mean? <laughs> um, and we also want to call a very gentle, loving bullshit on something that you wrote. And and we, we say that with great affection, with our arms around you, with us passing you a mimosa if you drink That's right. champagne. And if you don't, here's some orange juice. Um we the what we want to push back on is the idea that you think you would be together and happy if you had fixed yourself sooner. Mm-hmm. The reality is that is an impossible standard to which you are holding your head and your heart right now. Absolutely, that is an impossible standard because that never happened. No, and and we don't know the unknowns. Uh-huh. We can, I mean, if. If you're beating yourself up for the idea that you could be happy together right now, and not only that, but that you would be happy together if you just, quote unquote, fixed yourself sooner, then like I could be really, really grading myself against the reality that I'd have a lot more money right now if I didn't spend (laughs) X, Y, and Z, if my dog didn't get cancer, you know, like if I didn't buy a car, if I I didn't pay all that money on that abusive ex-girlfriend, like, don't you think, like, I would be, you know, the penance the emotional penance that I would be paying every day if I kept thinking about what could have happened yep. if something went differently. Absolutely. Or, girl, I'm 32. Like, if I sat here and thought, man, if I had, quote, unquote, fixed myself sooner, if I didn't, if my journey was faster, mm-hmm. would I not have wasted my time on all those people who are so cruel to me in my heart? For sure. And that type of thinking, my love, Alexia, is going to is going to bury you in the ground. Yep. There's no hope and future there. Absolutely. And and the truth is, you wouldn't be happy together if you would quote unquote fix yourself sooner. Mm-hmm. Because that was not the path you were on. Yep. Right? No, for sure. And I also think just to be clear, we're putting fixed yeah, in we're heavy about, quotes. We are about to <laughs> unpack that in about 5 seconds. I just wanted to tackle the idea of we would be doing this if this hadn't happened. Like, and yep. you're, and you're putting it on yourself. No, sweetheart. Like, yeah. you, there are a million things. Like, like let's talk about the factors at play here. A, you were exes and you broke up. B, you chose to break up because you wanted to work on your mental health. C, you decided to live together as roommates, which is a really convoluted, nuanced thing that adds stress to everything. C, he or D, he wanted to be with you still, and he was constantly putting pressure on you to focus on the relationship and not your own growth. So inherently, E, your growth wasn't happening yep. the way that you wanted it to. Like, 
and I don't know, I don't even know anything about this guy, like what he was bringing to the relationship. Sure. There are so many factors at play. So it, don't put it all on you. We often think that like because right. relationships fail or don't work out the way we wanted them to, it's a one-sided thing. Yeah, it's all on us. But things are so complicated. There are things coming from all different directions. Yep. And it's not just up on you and your mental health journey. And now let's get to the word fixed. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of coffee yeah, today. It's like, this is the sep- second episode we've recorded today. So Sierra's just talking Bibbidi real fast boo. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you are not broken. Right. And, I, and there is nothing in you to fix. Right. You are a human that has imperfections. You are a person that has flaws. But let me tell you that we all have those. Right. And that the imperfections and the flaws are what make you human. So we can always strive to be better people. We can always strive to be more authentic to who we are and who we want to be. But that does not mean that at any point in that we are broken or that at any point in that will we ever be fixed. Right. And the idea uh, why we don't like that word and why we don't like that th- this this emotional violence that you're committing against yourself mm-hmm. is the idea that if I was a better person, he would love me, mm-hmm. right? It's, it is never never as simple as that. It's about timing. It's about um, personalities. It's about the weather. It's about who people, who, who comes into your life when yep. and how they treated you. Like you, it, you did ask a lot of your ex to say, hey, I'm going to work on myself, but let's be roommates. And I know this was a mutual agreement that you came yep. to together with him rooting for you guys to be together, right? Yep. But the, but. You guys stayed entangled in your life, and so that means in each other's lives, and that means you were equally culpable for the, the for the outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's not about brokenness; it's never about yep. inadequacies. It's about um, the fact that we humans make decisions in the world that affect other people. Absolutely. If you had fixed yourself sooner, that that line to me just breaks my heart mm-hmm. because it it's it's the idea that. Our whole, our hearts can like walk around feeling constantly inadequate. Yep. Instead of saying, "I loved this person once. I liked the idea of them in the future. That future is no longer going to happen, and I can just acknowledge that, forgive myself, and move on." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is, I mean, easier said than done. Totally. But that is what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about here, right? You are not to blame for this. You are not broken. Right. And you now have the opportunity to continue to grow, to continue to do the work that you had been doing before and to figure out how you can take that love and give as much of it to yourself as you need and then turn it outward onto the world, right? right? And I think, um, I just think that having this sort of, this, um, thing sort of over you all the time, this expectation or this uh, demand for an answer, now that you don't have that, now that you can sort of rid yourself of that that idea, that you have so much more potential and so much more opportunity to to really engage with that that self-love, that growth, um, and and moving towards the person that you want to become. Right. And I want I want two small accountability moments here. Uh, and the first one is Alexia that you told this man not to wait for you. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And Good you point. told him that repeatedly. Yep. You both kept each other actively in each other's lives, but you verbally said, like, you were accountable to him. You said, I don't want you to wait for me. Yep. Number one. And and number two, and, and that might, and before I move on, like, that might be painful, right? Like, you're like, dang, I did do that. But that's okay. That You were trying to take care of somebody you love and yep. you were trying to work on yourself, which I think is really noble. But you said to your, you said to us that you felt like you didn't do it right. You didn't get to focus on yourself well. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Um, and number two, you decided at one point in your life that this relationship was not a healthy space for you to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say is... I, I believe in taking space to do personal work, but my goal is to be in a relationship in which I can better myself, I can be vulnerable, I can push myself to be independent and grow, and my relationship can thrive at the same time. Absolutely. And and I want you to look back, I want you to take stock of what you had back then, because right now you're feeling the absence, you're feeling the rejection, you're feeling like, damn, I wasn't good enough. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't quote unquote fix myself fast enough. Right. When in reality, like you left that relationship for a reason. And that was because something in you said, I need to work on myself. Yep. I need to work on myself. And I think the discomfort of the rejection, the discomfort of the fact that he did find somebody else, that he did stop waiting for you is it's almost like a satisfying distraction from the mm. true work of why you're here. Yeah. Like the pain of being of rejection often is so loud and shiny yep. that it distracts us from the actual reality of your heart and your feelings. And right now, I bet you 50 bucks, like not really because I'm really broke <laughs> right now, but I bet you that if you sit with your heart and if you sit quietly and you listen really closely to not your fear or your insecurities or your or your ideas of your own self inadequacy but but instead to your soul about what your soul needs your soul doesn't need someone else to love you it needs mm. you to love you absolutely and right now that rejection is just distracting you from your bigger purpose mm-hmm. which is which is to build a greater stronger relationship with yourself oh absolutely All right, Alexia, we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Uh, We hope this brings you some strength in this difficult time. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So that wraps up uh, the letters. Every episode, we want to shout out something that uh, we want to send you home with. We call it our blind date segment. This week, we want to shout out. Uh, it's an Instagram account called Notes from Your Therapist. Uh, It's it's. Curated by like a teacher and a therapist, and they post notes that I'm assuming people submit from their therapists. And it's really great. And I really love it because A, Sam talks about constantly this note that he has in his <laughs> wallet. Do you want to tell them about it for a second? Yeah, it's a note that says, um, You will think that you are the most fucked up. Don't believe that for a second, which is a line from a Dear Polly article that's basically like all of us are walking through the world thinking that we are the ones that are the most fucked up, but we're not. Right. And I love the idea of, and I I know this happens a lot. People will write down a quote from either our podcast or their therapist or something they said, and they carry it around because words have power. Articulation is empowerment to be able to say like, 
this is what I'm going to, I'm going to redirect my heart into this direction. Mm. And so this Instagram is super charming and it's just, it's, they post several times a week or once a day or something like that. And it's just notes that people submit, I think. Um, And here's an example of one. It's okay to redefine what it is to be, quote, a good person. If you learned that it meant, if you learned that it meant to put up with just anything other people say or do. Yeah. Another one says, when I feel overwhelmed, I let myself just take the next step. I'll figure it the rest out as it comes. Oh, that's great. I know. So it's like... Little affirmations. Yeah. And the next one says, it's okay for people to disagree. You don't have to figure out which one of you must be wrong. Oh. Right? And so, like, I love, I just, it. it is such a mirror of that behavior that so many do, people do, which is carry around small bits of knowledge or wisdom that they find strength in. So I yep. find a lot of strength from this Instagram account. And that, again, is notes from your therapist. Love it. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our awesome new merchandise. Thank you so much to everybody who has already bought their new head and heart work sweatshirt and just break up (laughs) t-shirts and things like that love it uh please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on wherever you listen Uh, you can also consider supporting us on patreon if you support us at five dollars a month you get an extra bonus episode every single week that's five dollars a month for an additional weekly episode patreon.com slash just break up pod uh, this really helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, right now you might be feeling a little raw. You might be feeling some discomfort or doubt or shame or nervousness. You might be thinking about the what ifs, what else is out there? What if I make the wrong decision? But we're here to tell you that there are no wrong decisions. There are just one decision at a time that leads you to the next thing. You are whole right now, even as you become. You are not broken, even as you try to repair parts of you that are hurting. You are becoming And that becoming never ends. And if all else fails, just break up.